Last episode, we talked about what would happen if the Jets went all in on a deep playoff run for the upcoming postseason, right? Obviously, we know that the regular season hasn't kicked off yet, but the Jets are still making some moves and thinking about their overall strategy for the season. What happens if the Jets don't go all in this season? What will this team do and how should they approach building for the future? We'll dive into all of that on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Evening, friends, and happy Friday. Welcome to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But more than anything, we just really love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more and visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Now, like I said, last episode we talked about how the Jets can go all in. This time, we're going to talk about how the Jets shouldn't go all in and what they should do instead, as the Jets are probably going to do a weird thing this year. I think they're going to like kind of skirt that line of waiting to see how the team looks before the trade deadline, and then kind of make a decision then. My problem with what Winnipeg is doing is that they are playing a very risky game, partly because they're waiting for everyone else to sort of make the first moves, right? And when it comes to, uh, you know, the, the, the Jets often being reactionary, I feel like in the past, that's occasionally limited the amount of stuff that they got back in some other trades. Now, don't get me wrong. When the Jets make big blockbuster trades, Typically, they've done pretty well. There have only been a few trades where you kind of look at it and you say, maybe Winnipeg overcooked its hand. But even in the deals where the Jets didn't do as well as they could have, they still got a pretty decent haul, right? So Winnipeg has managed to work its way out of some jams before. This time, I don't know if the Jets are going to dodge the bullet the way that they have in the past. Winnipeg is staring down two huge expiring free agents, neither of whom are going to resign, and somehow the Jets are supposed to lose those and still compete for the postseason, right? Obviously, that's not really possible if you lose both Hellebuck and Shifley. But the reality is the Jets are, are, are in a better position if they lose both at the start of the year. I know that sounds kind of crazy, and I feel like a lot of people are going to say, well, you know, how is that possible, right? But the reality is, look, I, I think everyone knows this Jets core, it's underperformed. You know, you don't want to admit it. You hate to say it. But... Barring a couple of seasons where the Jets did really well, had a couple of really amazing playoff runs, on the whole, the Jets group that I thought we were going to see didn't really coalesce into something that was a year-in and year-out competitor. Sure, you know, they made a few playoff appearances, and yes, they even had a cup run at one point. But beyond that, you know, it, it does feel like this team failed to live up to its promise after that 17-18 season. So, We've kind of already seen the best that this team is probably capable of. And this year's squad is not going to get back to that level. It would take a miracle or or like a major, major trade of some sort. 
And I just don't see the Jets doing that kind of stuff, right? It, you know, I, I think this team is going to be decent. Like I said, I think it's going to be decent, but I don't think it's going to be good enough to where you're watching this Jets squad and thinking, that's a team that's going to win the cup, right? I, I think when you watch Vegas or Colorado or even Dallas, some of these other teams, they look the part and have, you know, you know, statistical backing that says they might actually be on the pathway towards a cup win with the Jets. You don't really have that as much, and they still have a couple of major organizational gaps that I think are still holding them back. So for me, you know, I, I think rather than waiting for the trade deadline, I'd make a move early at the start of the season or before the season starts with Shifley and Hellebuck. I know it's a tough pill to swallow, but Hellebuck in particular, I think, really needs to get moved because, first off, goalie trades, you're just not going to get a great return anyways. They don't really fetch big deals. Uh, big packages. You're not going to see one uh, for for an expiring free agent goalie. But here's the thing, right? If you wait to the trade deadline, right? That's about you know halfway ish through the season, which means that Hellebuck's going to go fresh face to another team. He's not practiced with them. He doesn't know their defensive schema. It's going to take a lot for him to get integrated. Which means that the actual value that you get out of Helly for that that rental run might be reduced from what it would be if he starts the season there. I think that there's maybe an underappreciation for how hard it is for new goalies to integrate into their teams. And if you're Hellebuck, who's used to Winnipeg strategically locating where shots are coming in from, especially in the Maurice era, it, it, it could be a bit of an adjustment. And he does have some weaknesses that, you know, maybe odd man situations can expose. So for me, right, I think Hellebuck is probably imperative to move before the season starts. Shifley, you have a little bit more time because Mark is going to go somewhere and probably just kill it. It doesn't matter where he goes. I'm pretty sure that he's going to slide into a new team and immediately start raking it in. Maybe he has a couple of games where it takes him a little bit to get started, but I promise you, he's going to fit in like a glove and people are going to say, how on earth did the Jets ever let him go? I'm telling you, I, I, I really do think Shifley is the kind of guy who's still going to get a good trade package and most likely, right, you keep him for maybe half a season He's going to kind of rack up the points. I think he's going to be a really pivotal player. I think that you can potentially use him if you're still trying to make the playoffs. I think for me, right, if you if you move both players at the start of the season, you set expectations. You might also put yourself in an okay position to where if you do poorly this year, it's not the worst thing, right? I would have preferred it to happen this past season where the Jets maybe go for a top 10 pick. But the reality is Winnipeg really needs – a, a centerpiece like prospect and they're just not going to get it picking in the middle of the pack or towards the end of the first round. They've gotten some great value out of some of those previous picks uh, Perfetti, you know, right at the end of like that, that top 10 range uh, or right inside of it. I, I forget exactly what his position was. I want to say it was like 10th or 11th, but um, uh, maybe even 12th, but obviously, you know, it, it's not like top five, right? Perfetti still an amazing prospect. Lambert, another amazing prospect. Rucker McCrory, fantastic prospect. There's still like a tier between them and like the truly next level prospects. And that's where I think Winnipeg really needs just one piece from that, that tier. Somebody who's like a bonafide, surefire, superstar talent. You know, Perfetti, I think, is probably going to be the person who gets closest to that. And I think we're already seeing him turn into a potentially you know, foundational elite player for this franchise in the years to come. But, you know, do we have a franchise elite level 
you know, lifetime kind of player. Not, not yet. And I think that's something that if you trade, you know, some of your core pieces now who aren't going to be part of that team in the future, you get ahead of the game. Maybe you start thinking about retooling early and getting ready for the future. Now, part of that might also mean that you weaponize the cap space you're going to have going into the season. We'll talk about what the Jets can do with that and how they can really make use of uh, the, the space that moving Shifley, Hellebuck, and maybe some other players might offer in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Right now, when you bet on their Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time that team wins in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on everything from spreads to player props to over-unders and so much more. Now, for me as a Ravens fan, I'm going to bet on the Ravens winning and obviously potentially becoming Super Bowl champions under the new offensive scheme. Maybe you are a long-suffering Vikes fan, and you think that this is your year. Well, cast a bet on your Minnesota Vikings, and you can get bonus bets to use on everything else under the sun. If you're ready to get started on winning, go to fanduel.com slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for joining us on tonight's episode as we talk about the Jets not going all in next season and maybe taking a pause, slowing down, and thinking about the longer-term picture. Because I've said on previous episodes, right, I, I've said at the end of this current core, there's going to be probably about three years where the Jets start to <laughs> not be so good. But after that period, right, you, you get your young prospects starting to filter in. You have that new core turning over. You might start to see the makings of a fun team of the future. But until that point, it's going to be lean pickings. And that's where I think the Jets really have an opportunity to make use of cap space. Now, I know this sounds really silly, and, you know, everyone makes fun of the Arizona Coyotes for doing this because for, for what they do, they always go for those big cap hits but they look for contracts where the actual wage wages being paid out are much lower. For the Jets, I think what they can do is make use of that that sort of schema, but you know, get paid to take on bad deals. If you're not going to be a good team, if you're not really considering, you know, competing for the next few years, maybe take on some you know aging free or like you know age, aging players who are on deals that maybe become free agents in a couple seasons, maybe 2 years left but are still big cap hits. You know, you you can turn cap space into futures and prospects and stuff. And I think that's, you know, a tactic that some teams have taken advantage of, but the Jets have not really done that before. And look, it does mean that you're going to have dead cap hits. It's going to mean that your actual NHL roster is probably not going to be so good. But if you're the Jets, right, I think it's really more important to build out that prospect pool and draft and develop because we know that free agents and uh, big name players don't often come to Winnipeg through trades. It's it's rare that it happens. Usually, when there is a big trade, it's because somebody wants out, and Winnipeg swaps disgruntled players. And I think in this case, right, you know, you kind of got to go back to the drawing board. How did the Jets build this current core? They inherited a very good Atlanta core. You know, relatively speaking, was it that great? No, but you had some really top end players who became mainstays for this team. You got some guys from you know the former Hawks era. Uh, you pull together a pretty veteran roster, but you start to 
um, after the first couple of years, build out with top-end prospects. They took a chance on Shifley. He's panned out. They found a gem in Hellebuck. He's panned out. Morrissey, Truba, you know, Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ehlers. All of these players, you know, develop through draft picks and stuff. And I, I think Winnipeg really needs to think more along those lines, building for the future, because we know that the Jets are not going to splash big cash. They don't do that. They view themselves as a small market team. They don't have the operating budget that, you know, you'd think having like the second richest person in Canada backing you would, would indicate. And I think that they've shown time and time again, they're still a budget conscious team. Even when they're a cap team, they're still thinking about, you know, saving a few extra dollars. And so I think for Winnipeg going forward, you really got to start stockpiling assets. And if you can do that by maybe spending some real world cash, but maybe perhaps not as much as those cap hits are, are indicating, you can get really good value out of that. Getting paid to take on bad deals is a really strong tactic for a team that's really focused on the future. And I think Winnipeg, we're at that stage where it's time to start talking about the, the next core, not, not this current one, not building around the current group. That time's kind of come and gone. As soon as Hellebuck and Shifley said they weren't coming back, I think you knew what you know what the story was. You knew the jig was up. And so it's really important for the Jets to then think about, you know, well, we're gonna have some openings. We're not really looking to compete, but you know what? If we if we do spend some money and we get some major draft picks and we maybe even hit upon a top end prospect, you can start to assemble that future core. The, the thing, though, that I think is going to really turn the Jets off from doing this is, A, they don't like spending dead money. Uh, they they just don't. Let's be honest. Winnipeg does not want to waste assets, and I think they would probably view this as kind of a waste of money. And B, they're really still reliant on attendance cash. And if you have a bad team, uh, a squad that's rebuilding and, and really retooling for the future, attendance is going to take a hit. But, I mean, you're going to have to figure out some sort of a balance here. You can't keep stringing fans along with like a mediocre to decent team that occasionally makes the playoffs but doesn't advance very far you've got to start thinking about taking an early hit and planning for like the next 10 years rather than doing these short-term you know halfway measures that doesn't really get you anywhere especially when other teams are doing these you know big rebuilds they're they're really turning things around and look what's you know they're they're building out there look at the avs man they turned it around and became an absolute powerhouse in the nhl the sabers are starting to show that they've got some real fangs um you know i i think that there are franchises out there that have had you know a lot of 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 lean years and with these top end prospects that they're pulling in and these assets that they're pulling together they are showing what you can do and how you can really fill out the rest of your roster. And I think the Jets really should follow suit. They've got the makings of a fun core already, but they still need to build around it. And I think that is something that you're only going to be able to do if you have enough picks to really surround yourself and give yourself as many odds of finding NHLers as humanly possible. But I don't think the Jets are going to do this. I, I wish they would, but I know that you know Winnipeg's frugal, and I, I still think they have competing in the playoffs very much in mind i guess to that end you know if, if you're gonna not really maybe plan for the long term i still think at least you know the, the least you can do is address your de defense um the blue line for the jets it, it it's a kind it's kind of a mess right it's not really where it needs to be it's lacking a true um i guess franchise level player outside of morrissey 
Uh, obviously, I love Morrissey. I think he probably has become our number one, uh, not just by virtue of him being the best on the team, but also amongst the rest of the NHL, he's elite. But past that, you know, you start to realize it falls off really quickly. And I want to talk about why reorganizing the blue line might also set up the Jets for future success in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you for joining us on these final minutes of tonight's show as we talk about the Jets taking a step back, reorganizing things, and planning more for the future than the present. Now, the Jets obviously have you know some interesting prospects in the pipeline. They've got some young defenders who have started to show uh, promising signs of making the league and making an impact. But at the end of the day, the defense is still kind of not good. Um, I wouldn't say it's like the worst in, in the league. And under bonus, you also kind of realize that as a whole, the team defends pretty decently. But the Jets really have a slow blue line that struggles under pressure, that struggles to make longer passes, even short passes sometimes, and quite frankly, isn't supporting the forward grouping enough. I, I think that there are some individual players who do that, like Morrissey and um, at times DeMello can. Sandberg, not as much. Uh, Pionk tries. Also, again, not not as, not always as effective as you want him to be. But I think the Jets in general just really need to uh, deal with the blue line, moving Schmidt out, moving Dylan out, moving Pionk out. Not only does it open up a lot of cap space for the Jets, but it also gives you spots for some of your younger prospects. Uh, Salamonson, obviously, I don't think is quite ready to make the NHL jump. I think he still probably needs to season up a little bit here in North America, uh, just getting used to the, the daily rigors and stuff. Um, he's still very young. You know, I think he's probably going to spend another season in Sweden, maybe, uh, unless he, he, you know, makes the jump over pretty soon here. But, you know, Chisholm kind of needs a spot. You got to find something to do with Heinola. Uh, you, you probably want to give more of a chance to some of the other internal players. I don't know that the Jets have as many D necessarily lining up and, and ready for roles. Chisholm and Heinle are probably the guys who are closest. Uh, Salamonson at some point past that, you know, the, the D prospects do fall off a little bit. But either way, I mean, if, if you just move those three big contracts that I mentioned earlier in Dylan, Pionk, and Schmidt, it also just opens up a lot of cap space, which you can then kind of redirect towards your forwards. You really need to find scores, and I feel like that would do a, a, a nice world of good. And also, you know, Velarde is going to need an extension at some point if he wants to stay in Winnipeg, and you're going to need probably a decent chunk of cash to get him locked up long term. Um, some of the other guys, you know, I, I don't know. We'll see how the Ehlers situation goes. I kind of wonder if Nick is going to stick around after, you know, his contract expires. Same with Connor, right? Like, I don't know what their feelings are. I feel like the Jets haven't always shown enough to uh, really convince, you know, top players like that uh, to really stick around. Perfetti, you know, I kind of worry long-term too. Would he want to stay? I hope so. You know, I hope all of these guys really find a home, and I hope the Jets are successful enough to where, um, you know, putting pen to paper isn't going to be that challenging. But we know how it is. We know how the Jets are. We know how the, the perception of Winnipeg can be. I think it's really important then that you, well, you know, you make some concessions and also prepare to be a little bit financially flexible with some of these contract offers because you, you you can't afford to bleed too much talent. You don't want to overpay a ton either, but you do want to incentivize it enough to where you're retaining a lot of the players that you're developing. So a lot of things to think about, but a, a new blue line would be great. I think an overhaul defense would 
go a long way, not only for the present, but for the future, especially, you know, you want to, you want to make this blue line faster, more skilled, more mobile, more supportive of the offense and uh, really modernize it. It's still a little, a little bit behind the times. And I think the jets could really benefit from adapting to how other teams are building, you know, Colorado's defense is fast. You look at uh, Vegas, they have a very mobile back end that's skilled and, you know, doesn't always concede as much as you might think they would. So yeah, the Jets could do a world of good. I think that moving um, those contracts off and opening up space gives the Jets so much more flexibility with the roster and also allows us to start prepping for the future and building that future core with experience. But let me know what you think about the Jets maybe taking uh, a bit of a pause this this offseason, maybe kind of slowing it down and not rushing into things for the competitive window. Drop your thoughts about that in the comment section below or at my social medias at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. But for tonight's show, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for listening and, and making us your first listen of the day every day. As always, we will be back here next week with more off-season coverage, so don't go, into, don't go anywhere. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe. And as always, have a great night, and go Jets go.